Hi. Um, great to have you on. Today I will I will regrettably talk about something that I was wrong about, which is uh, the Luna cryptocurrency. I I really don't know what to make an episode about. I feel like talking about this Luna thing, and so I keep. I've restarted this episode a couple times. I'm really tired of like saying this about that I was wrong. Even just in the times I've restarted the episode about Luna, but I mean I was wrong about it. I don't really know what else to say. I'm sorry that I was wrong about something. Um I feel I feel guilty about things. Like I feel more guilt than I should about basically everything. So, um, this might be a pity party, uh, and of an episode, but like, I just feel bad for being wrong about telling you, I feel bad about being wrong for telling you to invest in Luna. And then the entire Luna ecosystem collapsed like a month later, just so you know, this Luna cryptocurrency Apparently, it was a really poorly written function by the guy that created it because the person who created it apparently didn't know what they were doing at all, um, even though it did rise to be a $33 billion company. The $33 billion is is all gone, um, save for some of it is still around, but the it's basically gone because the company is now worthless because... The function for Luna wasn't written well enough to account for every eventuality, like in the event that the public behaves a certain way where they start selling off all their Luna. The cryptocurrency uh, completely destabilizes in the event of that because of the way that it's written, because it's like unique where, in case you watch the Luna episode, Luna, the supply of that is inherently tied to these stable coins, but... Um, this function, I guess, as it turns out, is incapable of functioning correctly, actually, and because it relies on an assumption that the public is going to not sell off their Luna a lot, and the public did start doing that because they realized that if you did, it would destabilize the quote-unquote stable coins. And if that happens, where you're a company that says that this is supposed to be a stable coin and it becomes unstable, you're completely dead and you've completely lost the faith in, faith in the public, especially when the function you've written is immutable and now we know that it doesn't work. And so in that case, immutability is going to work against you uh, completely where now your function is immutably unable to be corrected or fixed. And so we already see that the function doesn't work, that the stablecoin Luna that you say is stable is un unable to maintain its stability on its own and so that just the function that was written completely doesn't work and so as long as people thought that it did people were throwing money into it because they didn't know how it worked and so is this undefinability factor made this luna crypto to be the seventh or eighth biggest cryptocurrency in the world um and it rose to be like a 30 $35 billion company, and now in the span of like a month and a half, $35 billion just went to zero, which is a pretty interesting story. That doesn't really happen a lot. The reason I, so I was telling you it's like the fifth best one you should invest in right now. I told you that. And I lost money on it. I I did, just so you know, in case that makes you feel better. 
I know that it is unlikely that anybody, like, people probably didn't take my advice and invest in it, but if you did, I'm sorry. And we're all in the same boat. I lost money, too, so you shouldn't feel bad. Just kidding. But, um, so I guess I'll just, since that's what I do is I say what I was doing or what I was like, I guess then today I'm just wrong about Luna and, um... And so I'm a good person for telling you that I'm wrong. I did, and so that makes up for it. I did tell you I wasn't your financial advisor. But, like, I'd like to smooth over it and say, like, well, I'm sorry that I was wrong, and then that's the end of it. But I do like to wallow in my own misery. And um, so it's it doesn't matter i i do feel bad about it i feel bad for myself and whether or not that damages my ability to be successful i'm worried for myself like i'm sad for myself more than for you if you invested in it i don't know that that helps me out i'm i'm a self-centered person and so um it's that's that's the way that that's the way that it goes and I mean, I, I, yeah, like, sorry about being wrong about the Luna crypto. It's not my fault. It is my fault that I told you to invest in it. And so that's just fun for everybody else. So you get to see that I was dead wrong about something. And so sorry about the, whatever series of delusions led me to tell you that you should invest in it. The reason I said to invest in it is just like I'm evaluating it alongside other cryptos. Or I'm like, oh, it's a $33 billion company. Like, that person that made it is a genius that they definitely know what they're doing to be this successful in this space, in the crypto space. Uh, they must really, to do the, make a $33 billion company out of a computer program you wrote, that person is light years ahead of, uh, of me and what they're able to do. I just, like, trust, because I don't know, the same way that nobody knows what how these computer programmers do these things. If you're not a computer programmer, um, I would, uh, I just thought that they knew what they were doing. And so as it turns out, you can write a function that's worth $33 billion per as perceived. But, um, yeah, like, I don't know that you should invest in anything ever again. So, Never invest in anything. That's my advice to you now. Just the entire, all the cryptocurrencies make me not, or making me nauseous. I'm not going to tell you to invest or not invest in them because I, I don't know if they're good in, a good investment at this point. Uh, the, like, it doesn't, what Luna's collapse doesn't say a lot about other cryptocurrencies, but it might say something about them. It would make me ponder whether or not the same thing, like the other cryptocurrencies are, completely different function that's written and so that shouldn't happen and um but obviously anybody who is skeptical has more grounds to be skeptical of it now just looking at the example of luna and like it's not you can't completely ignore it like it's not it's not completely different from what could happen to a cryptocurrency where it's like oh if everybody started selling off bitcoin then like would that collapse too i think that they're they're different enough that that's not really a worry, but I'm not going to tell you to invest in cryptocurrency anymore because the entire thing is starting to nauseate me. And so I just don't, I don't feel very happy about the entire thing. And obviously that guy is a douche for making uh, 
this cryptocurrency and now all these people lose their money and i'm a douche for saying that he wasn't a douche but uh i mean that's all good but there's 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 worthier causes there's other things to talk about like um like if a guy um who's part of a motorcycle gang well, I mean, I, I don't feel like talking about anything that I had preordained myself to talk about. Um, it's just that, why would I be wrong about anything or arriving at that conclusion? Like, I'm not immune to the game of right versus wrong. That's why I make episodes saying that I am, like, I make an episode about being dumb or being ignorant or being retarded, and I tell you I'm not your financial advisor that's because I'm not immune to the game of right versus wrong. Like, I am playing the game. I wish that I was immune to it. I wish... I wish that I was. And when I told you that I was a... And I tell you I'm a sinner. And that is a major missing of the mark to... Like, that's a... That's pretty inaccurate to look at a... Cryptocurrency and say it's the fifth most one you should invest in right now when it was actually the last most one That's pretty inaccurate. That makes me a sinner and um, You might wonder what is the what how valid Are some of the things I say not because of like I'm wrong about a cryptocurrency but like I said that for the first time ever I realized that I was a sinner and then I get to call myself that in the episode that I was saying that I was a sinner and um, that is that's as true as I th as I think it is I don't think that I've ever really genuinely let that thought inhabit me that like oh you are a sinner the way other people are because I from very young age was I understood myself to be saved from saved like at age four and saved from my sins and so I just wanted to say that, like, I don't, when I, when I say that that's the first time I consider myself to be a sinner, I'm not being facetious. That, as far as I know, is the truth. It's possible that, like, 15 years ago, I really did think at some point I was a sinner, and then I just went through this period of time where I didn't realize that I had ever thought that, and then it came back around where I thought about it, like I was under a spell for a number of years where I thought something about thought something else about myself and then it hit me again that I was a sinner. Like it's possible that I have thought that in the in the past because I can't account for everything I've thought every moment in my life. It's just that when I say that I've never thought about that until just now, I'm saying like in case you didn't believe that, I'm not being facetious. That's as far as I know, I think that that is true because I've only ever known myself to be saved. But so I tell you things like I tell you things like I'm dumb or I'm ignorant. Some of them are because I'm playing the legal game because the entire world plays out in legal terms where you are, you're trying to protect yourself against eventualities where you might be wrong. And so like letting people know beforehand in specific clauses, like a clause like, well, but I do play the dumb clause or I play the ignorant clause in the event that something, in, in the event I'm dead wrong about something, um, these things, I, I told you it, but this is like so many, so many people do this just in their conversation, just so that they are right. Um, and I would say that Christians do it more because Christians are the most concerned with being right. But 
like I wish that I didn't play the right versus wrong game because it's a it's a religious one. It like the world is and it's like religious. It's especially Christian. Like in the the Christians believe in the Bible. The Bible is set out from the beginning by telling you that the whatever takes place in the Bible is sort of a battle between good and evil. And this, like, Christians do live this out where it's like a battle between good and evil, right and wrong. Like, the world that, it's definitely a world of right versus wrong, and it's difficult for me to avoid it as much as I would want to. I don't want to play the game, but I but I have to because everything is legal. And, it, like, everything is based on your success, but, like, you look at somebody, you look at somebody like Brendan Schaub, who says things that are wrong all the time and the internet hates him for it and he's not necessarily the most talented or the most funny person but he goes into the realm of entertainment where he starts all these podcasts brendan shop podcaster uh uh mma fighter who's like one of joe rogan's cronies he's like a knockoff joe rogan which is another reason that people hate him um he's a knockoff joe rogan and is another reason people hate him he he goes into the area of entertainment where he's not like very obviously entertaining or obviously funny, but he just keeps doing stand-up comedy and keeps making podcast episodes um, as if he is really talented and funny. Uh, like people really hate this, but it's almost like he is, he's outside of the game of right versus wrong a little bit where he's just like, you can get outside of it. There are ways of defeating it, which are, keep living your life, keep doing the thing, ignore the haters, where it's like the entire internet is trying to cancel Brendan Schaub just because they don't like him because he's not like obviously talented, but he keeps making podcasts and his podcasts are successful. People think that there will come this like conversion moment or this crit this point of reckoning where Brendan Schaub needs to have it revealed to him that he's too stupid to make these podcasts. And that's why the internet, there's this movement of the internet to cancel him um, because he needs to see that he's not funny enough, that he's allowed to do comedy. Where in reality, it's like, there's this movement, there's all these people making videos of like, Brendan Schaub is stupid and they're taking clips of things he said where he was wrong because he says wrong things or whatever. And they want to say like, well, legally you don't have the grounds to keep speaking or make podcasts. And so everybody, like the public internet trolls are trying to, they're trying to cancel him. They're trying to turn public sentiment against him, public perception against him. Or like to the point that even his fans stop listening or whatever like his fans need to have their eyes open to see that he's not worth listening to or something um and when really it's just internet trolls that have never contributed anything to the world where they're just pissed at brendan Shaw because they're jealous of his success because they're angry that somebody who isn't obviously talented is having all of the success in the realm of entertainment and in the realm of talent having where he's like he shouldn't be and in a lot of senses he's um he's defeating the he's he's innovating something he's defeating the game a little bit because he's he's this new example where like as long as you just keep at it and keep trying even if you're not t like your personality isn't really interesting you will like uh, you'll have success. I mean, he has success because he's already an MMA fighter. So he already had a platform is ultimately why he has success. Like, it's not just going to happen to anybody who starts talking, but 
it's like this is what it looks like to internet trolls who have contributed nothing and wish that they could be successful and don't have aren't able to contribute anything because they're not as they're ultimately not as talented as Brendan Schaub. What Brendan Schaub looks like to them is somebody is somebody like them who should be playing the victim the way that they are. Like internet trolls want Brendan Schaub to just sit down and play the victim because that's what he was supposed to do because um you're not allowed to just keep making podcast episodes and so there's all these internet trolls that are just assholes that contribute nothing and those are the people that are trying to get brendan shop canceled people like h3h3 that join the bandwagon they're just the bottom of the barrel like like that guy is just presenting himself to be more and more of a loser as i can see from my perspective because he's just he's just concerned with feeding the mob the scraps that they want like he just goes after the people who the mob are already attacking um trying to like turn people into memes or something like and so they're the recent attack because brendan Chubb is just being ruthlessly attacked all the time and he's got a family and it's not cool uh to criticize this guy um like i'm not gonna obviously I already said like 10 times that he's not that talented so like i'm not I mean, I'm not doing that much better, but, like, he's, uh, it's just really, there's a lot of shitty, shittiness in the world of people trying to cancel a guy who's successful just because they don't like his success because they're, because then it means that, well, if I tried to do that, then I might be successful. Like, uh, then you, then it means that you might actually have to get up off of your ass and do the thing that you wanted to do. That's what Brendan Schaub shows to people. Because, like, he has three, two or three really successful podcasts. He's really, like, he makes bank off of them. He's making a career out of this, which is, like, so much, so many light years better than what most anybody is able to do. Make a career out of podcasting just proves that you are talented enough. But people just want to knock it because they're pissed at somebody who's successful because they want to hate success as long as they don't have it. And um, it's shitty that people like H3H3 give a platform to these kind of sentiments by promoting what the mob is saying or taking the side of cancel culture. But uh, like the most recent attack on Brendan Schaub is where is from Bobby Lee, where Bobby Lee is saying that Brendan Schaub is bullying him. And um, the and Bobby Lee came out with this information and on the H3H3 podcast, if it's still a podcast, uh, where Bobby Lee and his girlfriend and um, H Ethan Klein and his wife, they're all talking about how Brendan Chubb is a bully. Like, this information broke a couple weeks ago when they released an episode talking about how Brendan Chubb is a bully. And um, it's really, ultimately, I don't see how that does anything besides backfire on them because you i'd say that those people are the bullies the h3h3 and bobby lee are the bullies because they're just they're going out of their way to say talk shit about this guy and point out his flaws and try to cancel him when he's not he's not going out of his way to say try to cancel Bobby Lee or anything. He's mostly just on their side or would appear on their podcast. He's not trying to cancel anybody. The assholes in this case, obviously, are Bobby Lee and H3H3, but uh, especially Bobby Lee, and he's Bobby Lee is saying, like, 
Brendan Schaub is bullying me, and Bobby Lee, I think, is like in his 50s or something. He's like at least around 50 years old. Um, and nobody in the public is going to be on board with this story where you're bullied because nobody cares if you're 50 years old and being bullied. You should be able to take care of yourself. If somebody is able to bully you when you're 50 years old, then good on them. Honestly, that's an achievement on their part, I would say. Like, that's that's successful that you would be, that you're bullying somebody. But, like, that really goes both ways. Bobby Lee, you're just asking for it. You're just playing the victim to be bullied. Nobody cares. Like, don't come forward with that story because we don't have any pity or sympathy for you. And, uh, like, even if Brendan Schaub is bullying you, he's, it's like, at that, at that point, it's really, it's not like this grade school thing where he's, like, intimidating you with fear or, like, um, there's really something you have to worry about. It's, it's something that you're just going to go public with. Then it just shows that you're, that it's superficial. Whatever bullying is happening is really not, not a big deal. And it's just, Bobby Lee is just being a moron. But so that's my, that's my take on that situation that I included in here to tell you that I'm wrong. And I was, I launched into that because, um, I'm, I mean, I guess today I'm just telling you that I'm wrong. And uh, it's like, I wish that I didn't fight the game of right versus wrong because I don't want to get into religious matters, but the world is so much right versus wrong. I'm saying how Brendan Schaub, Brendan Schaub is like a knockoff Joe Rogan, and he imitates Joe Rogan in some ways just by continuing to make lots of podcast episodes in the face of haters. And this example that we see from both Brendan Schaub and Joe Rogan, even though Joe Rogan might be past his prime or it's like the peak of that show might be over or like maybe the criticism of haters is finally, I, I, I don't really know. Or maybe he's got another two decades of great shows left. I don't, I'm not sure Joe Rogan, but I'm saying that like Brendan Schaub gets around the right versus wrong game by just continuing to make episodes, um, and in that way he silences the haters. Or it's it's like because Brendan Schaub is saying incorrect things all the time, and he's someone uh, uh, across podcasters who's more noted as being wrong about things or just talking out of his ass and saying wrong things. Um, some people are more wrong than others but like no it's it's not um it's hard to talk it would be hard for me to talk for an entire hour about how i'm wrong because i'm not very i don't i don't think i'm wrong all that that often really i don't think it's really a trait that's represented in me very much and so it's kind of insincere that i would talk about it it's insincere that i i would be wrong to say that i was wrong I think I I might be wrong about a, one or two things, but I'm I'm not really consistently wrong. Like I know people who are wrong. Like people who are liars are maybe more wrong. Yeah, people who are liars. I I'd, I'd say that's an indicator of somebody who's wrong. Like Brendan Schaub is more of a liar, more wrong. I'm not really a liar, so it's difficult for me to sincerely talk about being wrong for an hour. Maybe that's what that's what I'm having difficulty with. Why I have to keep starting the episode over again. 
is because um, I was going to make this episode about me uh, apologizing for telling people to invest in Luna. I do apologize for that, but um, I don't believe in my heart that I am consistently wrong. So, but like, it's just sort of wrong happens momentarily. But if you're in, like, if you have a Christian background, you're prone to thinking that if you're wrong once, that's basically like being wrong always. Uh, because Christians are given over to conversion moments or saying that one moment is going to be, is going to define the entire rest of your life. Like that's how you get into the Christian faith is by in a single moment, uh, saying that you want your sins forgiven, like in a single moment, converting to Christianity, it happens in a single moment, but then Christians are saying that that affects your entire eternity. Like this, I would say as a practice is not a good thing to get into because when you're given over to conversion moments, then you're given over to saying that like any one moment, like any one moment is going to affect the entire rest of your life. It's like giving power to curses or something, or like saying that a chance interaction you have with an individual is going to like, it could ruin the entire rest of your life or like it might disturb the fragility of your mind like or like you run into the wrong person or the wrong situation then you're going to be traumatized beyond belief for the entire rest of your life um like i guess that these things can happen but to be sit around worried about them or to emphasize i think to emphasize them just means that you are more magical or more prone or more prone to giving power to curses like if you give power to curses then um like like um emphasizing that one thing could screw you up is just like is like trying to emphasize worst case scenarios or bring the power of terrible situations into the picture when they don't need to be when things are actually more gradual and more balanced than that there are these raised moments where it's like this one moment is going to define your entire life. I'm just talking about the idea of like where you get into the territory of emphasizing single moments, like the way that it is in Christianity. It's like um, when I am a Christian for a number of years as a result of the conversion moment, then like I'm giving power to this moment of conversion when in reality, every moment is different. But if you're saying like, well, one moment is better than all of the rest of them, then this is when you get in the territory of like defining yourself by two specific of things. Like, um, but sort of what I'm saying is like, then if I try to leave Christianity, I'm still in this conversion moment mentality where I think that there's also a conversion moment for leaving when in reality, there is no moment in the same way that there's no, like, I am a sinner, absolutely, or I am saved, absolutely. It's only, I am generally and relatively saved and a sinner. And um, I can't remember if in this take of it that I was talking about where I said that I was a sinner. I think that was in this take. But it's like I'm I'm relatively say relatively sinner, I'm relatively right, relatively wrong. Like the world operates so legally that you can make that's it's just that's the way that the world works and it's really not 
like America's legal system is really not that different from like the legal system of Christianity. Like that that legalism is sim- similar in both cases. Like the legal system will put somebody in jail for life if they just made a mistake. Like if they were drunk driving and then they ran into somebody. And I think that that is really harsh. And it's just a system based on conversion moments. And it's it's superstitious. Like, and it's it's kind of religious. Like, it's like you're saying that that is always a mistake p- making person. If you are making them go to jail for one mistake. And I know that a lot of people that go to jail for it are repeat offenders. Probably most of them. But, like, there's a lot of people in jail for life for just one mistake or something dumb where it's, like, you're emphasizing, you're saying that they're a wrong person always is what you're saying by putting them in prison for always. Uh, for one mistake, you're, you're acting like people that are wrong once are the people that are always wrong. Like, and it's just, it's just a matter of stupidity. Like, that makes things a lot stupider when you're saying that, well, bad people are bad. It is that simple. Bad people are bad and good people are good. A bad per a good person wouldn't drunk drive, even though every good person that there is can possibly drive drunk and then accidentally crash into somebody. Even though every good person that there is is on the verge of making a life what would be like a lifelong fatal mistake. It's just that the legal system is similar to the way the Christianity operates, where Christianity is like I mean, Christianity is worse where they say if you did, if you made the mistake, then you're like, you're eternity in hell, like in eternity in prison. And these things are not true to life because every single moment is different from every other moment. Like, and no, in reality, nobody gets to say that you deserve to be known as wrong and known as a bad person for the rest of your life for just committing one mistake that causes you to go to prison for either life or for a long time. Uh, Really, nobody has the right because they don't know who you are. They don't have the right to say that you're wrong always. And so, like, the legal system is flawed, I'd say, as a result of that. And um, it's just that, like, saying one moment is so supremely better than all of the rest of them in terms of your ability to say who a person is. This is what's flawed about the legal system uh, is that they're able to assume eh, they're able to assume so much about all of the moments all the rest of this person's life where they're going to take control of the rest of them and say that well now all of the rest of your moments play out in here because you are defined to be a bad person because of the conversion moment where you hit somebody with your car while drunk driving. And, like, it's just that manslaughter can happen so easily, even if you're just, like, 10 years for manslaughter for something. Uh, that's, That's a lot of moments that the state is deciding on your behalf whether or not you're good or bad, or they're, like, deciding that you might you conceivably are going to be doing the same things for the next 10 years, so we need to keep you locked up. Uh, It's completely unnecessary, and really, it's really a lot of overkill to say that, and it's just fear of mistakes. We, fear of mistakes, or acting like the entire world doesn't make mistakes is what causes us to lock up the people who make the most obvious mistakes. It's just like, it's almost like people need something obvious to happen or they're looking for a scapegoat 
where they're like, well, we need somebody to pin our sins on or just the sins of this area in general. And so we can only do that by uh, making an example of the people who commit the sins the most obviously. And so, yeah, so they're, so you, we put the people who make a mistake obviously in prison because their mistake has obviously presented itself. And so like, it's just, like media firestorms that happen around a single individual like like Kyle Rittenhouse and then it becomes this national thing where the entire nation has grounds to hate him because of a because of a like a mistake that he made even though what he did wasn't necessarily a mistake but like um well like what did he do exactly wasn't he wasn't he defending himself like his mistake is that he has a gun and he wants he wants to go into the streets and shoot people just naturally and so there's like, uh, we don't really like that behavior, the untowardness of thinking you could just walk around with a gun, even if it's like a riot atmosphere, like, we don't want you contributing to that, like, you're just adding to the problem, everybody already knows that he's just like, maybe looking for trouble by bringing a gun to the thing, or being out at all. And that's what people are mad at him for, but it's like him actually shooting the person at the point that he like needed to defend himself, that's not really a problem, but the media will blow him up to be this huge mistake maker and hopefully uh, get enough people against him that he'll end up with like life in prison or something um, because they need to make scapegoats out of people or the, the public needs obvious shitty moments out of people so that they can feel better about themselves. And so that's what people want out of a Brendan Schaub is they want this conversion moment where he realizes he's worthy of being canceled and then stops all of his podcasts uh, because that's what he deserves because he doesn't he shouldn't be making them because he's supposed to realize that he's shitty at this as if there's a moment where he would realize or as if it's it's the case that Brendan Schaub is untalented as opposed to talented completely. Like that's what the that's what the mob wants. When it's like Brendan Schaub is every moment of his life both relatively talented and untalented, and it it's only like him consenting to being canceled that would cause for a conversion moment. But that's like that's probably what most not that's what a lot of conversion moments are. Not all of them. I mean, it's something that like you don't want to you want to prevent yourself from getting into terrible situations so like you wouldn't drive drunk so that that doesn't happen to you but it's like mistakes happen and people are looking for excuses but how about um how about excuses for like i i am i'm just saying i'm wrong about something but i'm not going to um i don't think i'm that consistently wrong but even if i'm saying i'm dumb and i make an episode about that i'm not like I don't think I'm that consistently dumb either, but it's like, it's sort of like a choice to not be dumb. And the choice is something like recognizing nuances in people's personality. That's what makes you not dumb. I think that it's dumb to say that everything is as it sounds, like saying that somebody who's bad is somebody who's bad. No, the person who commits manslaughter is a manslaughterer, so that's what they're, that's what they always are. I think that that's just, I mean, yeah, that's like a lot of stupidity, but how about um how about people use the word excuse to say 
that uh, excuses shouldn't happen. Like, the word excuse is thrown around very easily in today's day and age. But it's like every everything that anybody does wrong or like anything anybody says when it's like the world is so legalistic, uh, everybody everywhere is trying to get out of situations by saying beforehand, like, I know that I'm not good at this, so don't get mad at me when it goes wrong. People are doing that on YouTube all the time. Like, I'm not uh, educated to talk about this, so don't get mad at me if I sound stupid or like, or, or whatever it is. Uh, everybody is doing that just in regular conversation just to make sure that they're good. That's a lot of cubicle pencil pushing jobs. A lot of the man hours for those are devoted to making sure that in the event that something goes wrong, I personally am not the one to blame because a lot of man hours just at any cubicle out cubicle job are spent uh, by individuals trying to make sure that they retain their job. And so they're looking out in the future and making sure that shit doesn't fall back on them. And so they're making it so that somebody else is to blame if something goes, goes wrong, or at least like you're not like a lot of, a, at least in my experience, a lot of cubicle job is making sure that you're not the one to blame the event that something goes wrong so you can keep your job. And, um, because of the legal world, like I wish that I was immune to right versus wrong, but I can't be because I live in America and America is built on uh, declaring people to be wrong so that like America is kind of a risky environment like that, or it's like you, it's the biggest stakes, but the biggest, like in a, an environment that there's so much money and so much value placed on having success, um, success driven environment. We really like to ridicule the failures too. Like we see that with paparazzi culture, just cancel culture, uh, emanates pretty strongly in America because we like to tear apart the people that make mistakes. We like to cancel somebody for a single mistake. Cancel culture is all about that, making a conversion, making somebody's life into a conversion moment. But it's like, it's like saying that you're able to define somebody to a moment. It's, this is, in reality, it's impossible, but unfortunately, the way that our society operates, I mean, just the way that the legal system is, the way that things operate, the way that police are able to detain people, it makes it so that there there are ways to uh, immortalize somebody as a single thing that they didn't like. Like, there are ways to control people into doing this. This is why cancel culture does have a voice is because there there are ways to declare somebody to be a failure over one single thing that they they did like the public has power over this and people in power have power over it unfortunately that's the way it works even though um even though every moment is different from every other moment uh it's just that if you saw every moment to be different then you would get to see uh, like if you were considering a person and then every moment of their life, you would see nuances in that they're, they're wrong sometimes and they're right other times. And obviously there's some people that are just always sinners or always not sinners. There are people that are always rule followers and people who are always breaking the rules, but like there it's a spectrum and you're going to fall somewhere on the spectrum. And, um, to say that rule followers... It's just that, like, I'm saying that every, what's true actually is that every moment is different from every other moment, but you can just get into these territories of defining, like putting one label or one platitude or one title over the entire, uh, 
over an entire life, like one moniker, uh, chalking it all up to one thing is just kind of the, 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 the heart of conversion moment mentality or behavior. It's like pinning everything on one guy, which is the same as what Christians do. But they, I mean, the world does that just by pinning time on one guy, which we do. And even though I comment this in on YouTube and TikToks, nobody really knows what I mean or that this is important. Like the world kind of watches, stands by as they let Christians dictate life to them and they don't care or do anything about it. They think that Christians don't have power to decide anything about their life when it's Christians who are deciding the time of day for them. Like, and so maybe you would say that there's too much of a disconnection between the guy that we name all of time after and that that has any effect on, on somebody who is not a Christian, like that they wake up at seven in the morning. And so, yeah, like maybe that is true. Maybe that there's too disconnected that you would say that Christ has any influence over a regular person who isn't a Christian just by us naming all of time after Christ. Maybe that's possible. It's just that like when you pin all of it on one guy and it's interesting that we're when you're pinning all of time on one guy, this is just the epitome of creating a conversion moment atmosphere or an atmosphere that's given over too much to legalism, legality, and like the and America sort of follows suit by being a Christian nation and by having this harsh, unbalanced legal system where we're gonna lock people in prison for for a mistake. Um I mean, it kind of goes along with it. It's just that naming all of naming all of time after one guy makes it so that time is attributed to one title, and um, this is not very. You're not recognizing the differences moment to moment, and then allowing different judgments to appear across a timeline, like for a person. Um, it's it's just that chalking all of it up to one guy is. This is something this is something that happens. It's something like I mean it's like the same thing as uh we like we pin all of the we Santa Claus gets all of the credit for all of the presents that are given to kids like parents all across the country will give presents to their kids and then they'll write Santa on the tag if their kids believe in Santa and it's like Santa then actually gets the credit for all of these all of the production of all of these things, like as if he put in all of the man hours and resources to make this happen, he gets all the credit for it at the end of the day. It's like, it's like he's a scapegoat or the guy that we blame all of it on. It's just that like, and he is something that we celebrate him like he's the God of Christmas, but this is something we do with God or with, with a God of any religion or with Jesus is like the guy, I mean, the the guy at the top of the pyramid that in him are collected all of the attitudes like good things or bad things like sins are all cast on Jesus like attributing everything to one guy this does happen in a lot of areas and just like in religion itself like I guess right now I'm trying to figure out what point I'm making like I'm saying that uh, religion itself is often based on this, where like attributing everything to one guy, collectivizing everything under one title is, I'm saying that this is the root of a lot of 
evils because if you can decentralize the title, like decentralize, because we live in a very centralized time where if we name it after one entertainer and um, it is like endlessly entertaining for Christians and Christians always get to be legally right as long as as long as they practice Christianity because they are following the guy that holds every single moment under a single title. So they're always going to be legally in the right because something like time itself is, is captured in the guy that they're worshiping. And so then they don't have to worry about uh, being wrong in one moment or, and then that having that moment define their entire life as being wrong because they already have power over every, every moment do Christians like, um, I mean, they really have the power over it, but like, I don't really like the entire thing because it just creates this conversion moment atmosphere where it's like, unless you're a Christian, then you're not exempt from saying you're right in every moment. And, um, so like, for example, I, I'm not identifying as a Christian, so I don't have the luxury of just sending me being wrong about Luna into the sky. I actually have to take that on myself be, and I have to be wrong in a moment um, I, I'm going to have some trouble, like, collecting all of these things into one cohesive thought, I think, because I don't, I don't fully get the concept I'm, I'm circling around, like, I'm circling around it, but, um, it's just kind of like excuses, people really use the word excuse flippantly where they, um, they say that excuses are everything. Like if a player like uh, John ja Morant got injured and scored like 40 points in the game that he got in injured, John ja Morant, who plays for the Memphis Grizzlies, he, he is a star. He's a great player. And the Grizzlies came up short when they were playing the Golden State Warriors and all of the media they were angry at John Morant because he had a knee injury and he blamed the refs, I think. No, he blamed um, he blamed one of the players on Golden State for grabbing his knee and then that's why he was injured or like pretty much that. John Morant blamed his injury on one of the other players and everybody in the media was like, John Morant is just making excuses. And that was completely bullshit because... What, ex what excuses does this guy need to make? He's averaging like 38 points a game in the series up until that point. Uh, like he is he is a guy who's allowed to make excuses, first of all. The media is completely wrong. Don't say John Morant is making excuses just because they lost one game, which is the reason why the media came out and said, John Morant is making excuses about his injury because the Grizzlies were starting to lose the series, but only because they're not as good as Golden State and John Morant was doing everything in his power that he could. He really couldn't have come up more clutch. He's averaging like 38 points in the series. He's like, and he's the only player on his team that's going to win them that series and he's doing the best he can. To say that he's making excuses is uh, lunacy. And it's just that that's what it's just that that's the case. Like to say that he's making excuses is just this thing where people jump to the word excuse to declare that an excuse is happening is like making an excuse. It's like you're it's it's an excuse that people make when they have a lazy take on something. Say that John Moran is making 
is making excuses just because they lost. That's the laziest way to say that how something is going on, like in at least in the sports analysis world, but in any world in analyzing something just to say that somebody is the loser lost because they made excuses. That's such an excuse that you're making. That's an excuse you're taking so that you don't have to say something more interesting or intelligent about it. Like that's such an easy way out. And in that case, they're dead wrong because what like John Morant is allowed to say whatever he wants if he's making he's averaging 38 points a game in a series like in the playoffs. Um it's it would be ridiculous to say that this guy needs to prove himself more like oh well nothing nothing matters because he didn't win the series. And like it's just chalking it up to the single narrative like oh well once they lost it's that's as absolute as things are is that there's no nuances in the narrative of how they lost there aren't any different ways that it could have come about all it is is that they lost and then losers make excuses if they don't if they don't uh joyfully accept that they lost like oh he better have a smile on his face after this one and he better be a good loser or else he's going to be making excuses but it's like the entire rest of the world just uses excuse as an idea as an excuse to say that people are making excuses because they like you can use an excuse for a lot of things like uh the idea of it has utility in this area that it's like it really goes both ways a number of times like don't don't think that excuses are just pinned on the people that you think are making them or like just because it looks like that uh because an ex an excuse presents itself in every single way imaginable excuses like i um i excuse myself someone like brendan schaub excuses the things that they say that are wrong in their podcast joe rogan does too he says things that are inaccurate or wrong they excuse himself just by continuing to move along recognizing new moments where you oh i could be making a podcast episode i could be creating something else that's how you i i'm i'm trying to say to you something positive that you could take away listener and what i am saying now that you could take away is i'm trying to i'm trying to say how do you defeat the game of right versus wrong when it's like it's basically impossible because the entire world around you is dripping with right versus wrong like the way the conversations play out the way that your job works so like you're you're expected to try to make up for you where you would be wrong um you can defeat the game of right versus wrong by recognizing every moment to be different and so it's not like it's not like Christ having his name over all of time uh, means that that affects everybody's life and like makes everybody Christian whether they like it or not because you can avoid the you can avoid the centralized Christ timeline by recognizing that every moment is different rather than that every moment is the same, which is what you are forced into if you give a lot of power to Christ having the title over every moment. It makes every moment the same where every moment is actually different. We see that that's true. I think it's just relatively more false to say that every moment is, is the same. That's why it's relative, That's why it's false to attribute all of time to Jesus because that makes every moment 
the same moment because it's all just a moment that takes place in the time that we thought that Jesus was still alive, which is why we name the timeline after him is because there's a group of people that convince everyone that he rose from the dead and is still alive and we're still counting his time. And so that makes every moment the same, which is a false perception, I would say, a false way of evaluating it when every moment is actually different. But like you, this is, uh, you ignore the example of Christ, you ignore the example of the Bible and, and of religion and of the game of, which is the game of right versus wrong itself. It's just, it's like presented in religions and especially in the Bible. Um, you can avoid this by by recognizing every moment to be different rather than that it's all under one thing. But it's like Brendan Schaub, Brendan Schaub beats the game of right versus wrong. It's kind of like beating a, beating a story or being anti-story or whatever the opposite or inverse of a story is. Like it's difficult to be, beat, it's difficult to ignore the right versus wrong world, that reality, that drama that plays out. You're pretty much always going to be sucked into it. It's the same with stories. You're pretty much always going to be sucked into stories or like, uh, presenting yourself to have one presenting that as like this is my story in life it's difficult to avoid that but like like unstory kind of mentality like the, the opposite of a story or the opposite of a right versus wrong world is one where you just continue to make content even though like like don't give power to the times that you were wrong this is what Brendan Schaub does he keeps making content people hate him for it because he's just like well, I'm moving on to this that I continue to do. But what's interesting is that this is like, uh, this is a better version of success than success that's contained to a story. Is This is kind of like an innovation that's presented, a new thing that is shown to the world, revealed to the world about what, what it means to have success. Is that like, there's actually something like higher levels of success that can be achieved at the point that you are presenting your life to be the opposite of a story rather than a story, which is like Joe Rogan kind of goes anti-story is what I'm saying. Brendan Schaub goes anti-story by, by not playing into like, well, I was wrong here and so I should be defined by that and like then I get into the territory of being the victim and like this is my story in life as I'm wrong in these areas because you're just going to get into the story of yourself when you give power to the people that are telling you you are wrong too consistently and so then that makes us that you don't have grounds to speak. There are lots of people that would love to convince Brendan Schaub that he is... Um, that he's wrong too much that he would be able to say anything. And that's what they're constantly telling him. But he's just like, uh, he, I would say that he's embodying or moving forward with something like a higher truth, which is that it wouldn't matter that I'm wrong in any one moment. Conversion moments don't, don't matter. There's no, no like single definer that somebody's going to say I'm defined by is really what's true because what's actually true is that everything is different there is no absolute truth truths themselves are are different and they're presented and revealed differently in time at different moments and it's really like every single moment that you see in the world is a moment that you've never never had before every new day that happens in the world is collective of slightly different set of 
mentalities and groupings of people and energy like new people are being born and new fads and new phenomenon new phenomena are occurring all the time every moment is different realizing this is is uh is something like um realizing a higher level of success if you really are able to move forward with that it's just like it's not easy um it's not easy to say that it's okay. it's it's just not easy to say that it's okay to be wrong and so like admitting that you're wrong it people like that i would say like brendan schaub uh, have been successful to this point i mean they've they've done some work in the area of admitting that they're wrong maybe at like a high enough level that it's like they don't even consider that they would be wrong it's just like saying that you're wrong um don't get caught up thinking that you are absolutely wrong i think that that is always false it's false to say that you'd be absolutely wrong in any area because you you can only be wrong momentarily it's just that saying that you're a wrong person for a lifetime is uh is is false that's when you collect uh, that's when you make every moment of your life the same like don't take the single moments that you're wrong and then say that that makes you a wrong person make you a sinner um because every moment is every moment is different because if you say that that makes you wrong then then you're saying that um every moment is the same and I'm wrong every single moment and that's just not true and it's not true the other way either it's not true to say that you're right every moment which is like the other way is what Christians do it's like a conversion moment for good instead of bad like a conversion into I am a bad person always is like when you drunk drive and kill somebody and then get life in prison there's also conversion moment to be good always which is when you become a Christian and then that puts you in the right for as long as time is, but really as long as we define time to be uh, on Jesus's time, because you're right in every single moment, and Jesus makes every moment the same for people who aren't him, people who don't aren't as good as being God. Um, every moment is the same for for the lemmings that are below him, uh, that are trying to be like him, like for like Christians, like every moment is the same as long as you're always defined to the same thing like defined to be a christian but like so i'm just saying i i don't find it to be a positive thing to say that every moment is the same or yes make like it's just like wrong is the same thing like calling yourself wrong for every moment of your life is like placing the blame on a single person in this case you can do it just for the idea of being wrong like you can like you can be beholden to wrong the same way you can be beholden to Christ where it's like you place all your you can place all your sins on Jesus and then those are forgiven of you and then you're forgiven every day of your life and in that way every moment of your life is the same cuz you're always forgiven um you can do it you can do this with wrong also like wrong really plays out in a similar way you can say that well I'm too stupid to say that people people don't need to hear from me or that I'm going to say anything. Um, you can say that you're wrong, and in this way you make it so that every moment of your life is the same. It's always under wrong. Um, you're, if you attribute all of it to that thing, like in that case, you can you can make wrong a god. You can make, but like any one of those things, like wrong or 
you can do it with victim. You'd be like, I am, I am a victim. That one's, that one's a bit more abstract. That one's more complicated that you would get into that territory. Like I'm always a victim, but you can make an excuse out of everything. You can make any, anything, the God that you blame every moment of your life on. It makes things easier for you. It's, it's just easier and it's a lot more convenient to come up with some excuse that makes it so that every moment is the same. It's a lot easier because if you're, if you really have to go into the territory of recognizing the truth of the matter, it's more difficult where the truth is that everything is different. Every moment is different. Then this makes it so that you have, you could be making something new every day. If you recognize every day is new, then you don't have to, then you're not uh, getting into the dramas of like, well, I've sucked all of these many days. And so I will continue to suck. It's just a lot more difficult to say that everything is different. It's easier to find, and everybody everywhere is finding excuses, whether permanently or temporarily, to make a collection of moments the same in their lives so that things can be easier for them. Because when things stay consistently the same, it's just safer. That's what the, that's what the Savior does. He is the arbiter of safety. And... Um, that's like he is so characterized by that he's so defined by that that's almost like what he is as a character he's the savior is because he he smooths out a like large very large period of time where moments are different within this like 2000 years and then he makes every moment the same he's just the he's a safe house he makes everything safe because that's that's when it is safe is when things aren't changing, aren't volatile, and every moment is made the same. That's what you go to Jesus for is for him to make every make things safe for you is the same as making things consistently the same where it's not you don't have to recognize differences. But um, not that you are a Christian necessarily. I'm just there are a lot of Christians in the world, and so if I'm saying you. For some reason, I'm doing this weird thing where I'm like addressing Christians, where it's like my audience isn't necessarily Christians, but um, like excuses. It's it's weird that you can you can use an excuse for anything, but um, yeah, like making wrong. You can make wrong the thing. You can make you can make clumsy the thing. We're like I'm clumsy every day of my life. Uh, like uh, obviously I talk about that all the time, but they're just like. It's like a god. People make a god out of everything. People make an excuse out of everything. Even being strong is like an excuse where wherein like if you work out a lot then you're then you're good. Like it's good to have some excuses too. Like excuses aren't always bad and it's good to have excuses. That's why you shouldn't fault like it's an excuse just to say that somebody is wrong or that they're making excuses just because it was just because it was revealed they lost just because it was shown obviously that they were a loser obviously they made a mistake um it's easy to say that somebody is then like oh they're making excuses if they're not joyful about that mistake they made um because like um because excuses like you should have a more nuanced view of what an excuse can be because even if you have even if you work out a lot this is a good excuse to have where it makes it so that you don't look like a weakling in every situation like there are things about your appearance you can control that make it so that you're good in situations like uh, you can help yourself out by appearing better by having by having guns um, by not being a weakling, by working out a lot, 
by working out a lot and having guns, then you appear better in every situation. And it's like, that's, that's like an excuse for you where now you are, now you're excused. You're relieved of looking stupid. There are lots like there people are making excuses. It's like, uh, having a girlfriend could be a similar thing. If it's not, uh, if love isn't the greatest power of all time, like, there's some people that date. There are a lot of relationships that start just so people have a girlfriend. And, like having a girlfriend, what comes along with that is like the excuse, now I'm good in a lot of social social situations because I have a girlfriend uh, at my side, and that looks good. Like uh, everything are kind of excuses, and it's like, like excuses like that are good to have because they help you out. But um, I've said enough things. Thank you for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.